0: Oh! <laughs> Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's yet episode 91, if I'm not mistaken. Lots to talk about here. Daniel, how you doing? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. We're just going to start it off with the first bat of the night in the early prelims on UFC Fight Pass. Chase Hooper versus Peter Barrett. Chase Hooper down early, but he doesn't even roll, gets the uh, heel hook, if I'm not mistaken, and slipping Peter Barrett couldn't slip out of it. What were your thoughts on uh, Hooper's performance here?
1: A really strong win for Chase Hooper, like you said. Uh, Was down early and just was thrown a lot of strikes and landed a lot of strikes, but wasn't completely able to keep up with Peter Barrett in, in terms of really getting any damage out of it. Fight goes to the ground. And once it was there, it was, you know, back and forth. These are two guys that handled themselves pretty well on the ground. And then Chase Hooper able, like you said, to roll into that heel hook. A really impressive performance. Really showed us why Chase Hooper has gotten so much hype as young as he is. He's still got a really long way to go. But Peter Barrett's not a guy to be messed with uh, outside the top 15. And Chase Hooper handled him pretty well. And like you said, did a good job coming back in that fight.
0: For sure. So let's talk about what's next for these guys. You know, Peter Barrett, uh, he lost to Yusuf Salal, and now he's lost to Chase Huber, but I think he's still a decent uh, prospect for all these younger guys. It's just kind of tough to see where he is, what he thinks up with uh, Peter Barrett next.
1: Yeah, I would agree. He's a very entertaining guy. Uh, He's a guy that is really interesting when he's in the octagon. He fights an interesting style, and he's a tough-nosed guy that just goes out there and goes hard at it every single time. Uh, but, like you said back to back losses, losing to some up and comers. I think there 's a place for him i 'm just not sure who an easy pick for his next fight would be.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with what you said there. I think you I think you put it perfectly all righty to uh chase super um he 's not ready for the top fifteen yet, of course. he got pieced apart by Alex Caceres. but i think I honestly think a good match for him would be Yusuf Salah, two guys on the outside of the top fifteen trying to get in there. I think that's the fight to make. And these are two guys that are both very young and a lot of people hype them both up. I love them both. What do you have to say?
1: Yeah, I think uh, Hooper Zalal would be a really good fight to make. I think that'd be very interesting. I think uh, like you said, up-and-comers, interesting mix of styles because Zalal is is really a kickboxer first and foremost, whereas Hooper is really focused on getting it done on the ground. I would really like to see that fight happen.
0: Definitely. All right. To the next bout of the evening, uh, Tisha, Tisha Torres, where Sam Hughes, Tisha Torres getting back on her feet. Um, she's, I mean, the people she's lost to recently are all title contenders, so she has nothing to be ashamed of there, hence why she's still ranked number 10. And Sam Hughes, I think she's a hopeful prospect, but uh, Saturday wasn't her time. But Tisha Torres, 52 significant strikes in the first round. I mean, you can't complain with what she
1: did here. Yeah, absolutely not. Tisha Torres looked really strong in this one. Uh, just came out and fought her kind of fight, which is what we need to expect out of a top ten contender going up against somebody who's unranked. And like you said, Sam Hughes has a bright future ahead of her, uh, but Torres may have just been a little bit of a bridge too far for her in this one. And Torres, by no means, uh, like, uh, the way I'm saying this is kind of weird, by no means did Sam Hughes lose this fight. Tisha Torres went out and won it. Like, there's nothing to take away from Torres because she looked great out there.
0: For sure. Sam Hughes, she gets a solid prospect next. I think we can both agree on that. But Tisa Torres, Tisha Torres, rather, uh, she it's an interesting situation for her because the top 10 is just locked up. I think Mackenzie Dern will probably move up somewhere. And we already have Hebas and Rodriguez. And then, you know, a couple of these people in the top 10 are injured or Nami is next for the title shot. So it's a really interesting situation for. Uh, Tisha Torres, I think she, has, she might have to wait or maybe fight Dern next. What's what's your thought?
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, she's probably going to have to wait for some things to shake out a little bit.
0: Yeah. So to the next fight, you know, when I was watching this, I didn't realize how big of a 45-er Gavin Tucker <laughs> Gavin Tucker was. He is yoked. <laughs> but anyway, great fight. Uh, even though Billy Quarantillo uh, outstruck him in total strikes, Gavin Tucker had the advantage of significant strikes, and he looked good doing it. Um, yeah, he looked – he had seven takedowns. He he really controlled this fight on the ground, picked and chose his shots. Looked very good. What were your thoughts on this matchup?
1: Just a really efficient win for Gavin Tucker. That's what stuck out. Uh, landed two-thirds of his total strikes, 64% of his significant, over 100 of each. Uh, Billy Quarantillo is – Kind of a weird guy to deal with because he's kind of a long, rangy athlete, and he uses that well on his feet, and he uses it well to transition to the ground. Uh, but Tucker was seven takedowns in this fight, like you said, was dominant there, and was way more efficient on the feet, and that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good formula to win, especially in that one forty five division.
0: For sure. So when we talk about what's next for these guys, Billy Cortillo, he's in an interesting position. Uh, He's lost – he hasn't lost – he's lost two wins against Nelson and Carlisle, but, you know, he hit Gavin Tucker. I think Gavin Tucker's looking at the top 15 for his next matchup. Uh, what do you think is next for these two guys?
1: I think so. I would agree. Corintillo uh, is still a very promising prospect. He's only 15-2. and two. This is his second loss, and he was coming off two straight wins. So, he's definitely got a place. I think he's a future top 15 guy. He's just going to have to build there a little bit more. Gavin Tucker's ready for a shot in that group.
0: For sure. And, you know, this is the first time Gavin Tucker's fought twice in a year in a very long time. So I think he's he this and this is his last shot. So I think he has uh, some, you know, a fire up under him. But whoo, two a pretty nasty knockout <laughs> from a physique of I think we both cho- chose Moikano to win this, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember. But Faziev, Wow. Violent just a terrific performance by him overall what were your thoughts
1: yeah it just went right after moicano a ton of power behind what he was throwing and he flattened him when he got the chance and that's exactly what you want out of a guy who fights his style it was a perfect image of what winning a fight is for rafael Fazayev. for sure
0: so when we talk about essentially these guys moicano it's he's kind of in he's he's i think you'll say at lightweight but i think he needs to fight for just find his range you know he won his last fight uh by submission and then this one he got knocked out but it's an interesting situation for him and I think he he needs to wait for some things to shake up in the division as a whole to see what's next for him what do you have to say
1: yeah uh he's he's obviously got a place he's a very talented guy he's got a lot of things he does really well but like you said waiting for a a true spot to find his next opponent is probably pretty smart and for Faziova I think he He's going to get an
0: opponent looking on the outside into the top 15. But if there's a replacement needed in the top 15, I think he could slip right in there. What do you think?
1: I'd agree. I think the UFC is going to probably take it a little bit slower with him. Uh, but if there's an opportunity for him to fill in, like you said, I think that's something we could see. For sure. All right. To the featured prelim of the night,
0: Cub Swanson versus Daniel Pineda. Cub Swanson brought the hammer down on Pineda. He looked after, you know, after the ACL surgery and everything, he looked phenomenal in this fight. Uh, He says he wants that belt. um, Might be a little out of reach, but I'm not counting Cub Swanson out of everything. He's tough as nails. What were your thoughts on this matchup?
1: Yeah, this is exactly what you wanted to see out of a return fight for Cub Swanson. You know, uh, major knee injuries uh, in any sport, but especially in combat sports, even for young guys, can kind of be a death knell for their potential, much less a 37-year-old like Cub Swanson. But he came back out, did exactly what he was so good at before, and he knocked Daniel Pineda out in the second round. That's a really impressive performance for him a year to the day after he had that injury. Definitely. And then, you know, when we talk about sexual these guys, Pineda, I think he,
0: he's – I think he's a great matchup for prospects. You know, they brought him in against, uh, what's his face, Herbert Burns last time, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So I think he I think could stay in that position for a while, and I think he'd be pretty good at it. What do you think's uh, next for Pineda?
1: Yeah, Daniel is just a really savvy veteran uh, who does a lot of things well. He's a great test for some up-and-comers, or some guys like Cub Swanson that are coming back off of a layoff. For sure. Uh, and then Cub Swanson. I don't know what's next for him. It's kind of interesting. This
0: featherweight division is absolutely stacked from top to bottom. I mean, Edson Barbosa is 15 for crying out loud. So, yeah, if, I think he needs to wait for some things to shake up. Uh, he won't get a rank to put in next, but I think he'll be look, getting someone on the outside looking it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. You you pretty much hit the nail on the head. All righty.
0: Junior Dos Santos versus uh, Ciro uh, Gone. That's how you pronounce the name, Gone. This was sad to watch. Um, What were your thoughts on this
1: one? Just absolute domination. And it's sad to say because Junior Dos Santos, one of my favorites ever. Uh, But this is four straight losses. And I don't want to take anything away from Ciro Gon, but he just didn't look like he had it in this one. Uh, But then on the flip side, I've been talking about Ciro Gon for months as a guy that I think is one of the future players in this heavyweight division. And he proved exactly why. 61 total strikes 59 of them were significant Uh, just pure domination he swarmed JDS for two and a half for a round and a half I should say and then finally finished him in a really impressive way this was a really big fight for him uh, particularly coming up into that top 15 his first fight in a year I'm really excited to see what he does in 2021
0: yeah and I said I said in the last podcast Dos Santos's experience would be too much but I mean Ciro God he 74% 74% of his strikes landed. That was that blew my mind. He he just looked incredible the whole fight. And like you said, I I do believe he is the future for this division. I mean, he's he's, he's the prototype for the modern
1: heavyweight with what he does.
0: Ex, you put it perfectly. I'm not going to add anything to that. So, what's next for these fighters? I think Dos Santos should retire four losses in a row all by knockout. They've all been kind of brutal too. So, I really don't want to see him fight again. He's a legend. We all know that he's one of the best heavyweights to ever walk. Fought for the title five times. One, I mean, he's. I think. I think this. He should close the book on his career. What do you think?
1: Yeah, he's a surefire Hall of Famer. I'm not necessarily sure it's something I would want to see. But if he does want to keep it going, I could see the the, the UFC moving him into more of a role like we saw in the last few years out of Fabricio Verdum where he's out there he's fighting some older guys he's getting rematches with some of the guys that he was in his prime at the same time as Uh, he's he's kind of having some of those dream fights as some older guys come into the UFC I'm not sure I would want to see that uh, but if he's going to stick around I think that would probably be the best role for him you know perfectly put now for
0: CEO gone it's it's interesting for him. I think he'll obviously get a top-ten opponent next, but a lot of it is locked up. I, I know uh, Blades and Lewis are going to fight sometime next month, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Rosenstreich, I don't think he, – does he have an opponent?
1: Off the top of my head, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. Overeem and Volkov are fighting. Uh, uh, and who's getting the title shot next. Uh, Santos, he beat uh, – Abdul, uh, Abdul, I always get that name. Shamil, we'll just go with Shamil. I don't, but I think he deserves someone so much higher than that because of his level. So I screw it. I think put him against the Strik. just two big guys going at it. I, I, I'm all in on that one.
1: I think that would be great. I think that'd be super entertaining, uh, particularly because uh, Gane is, is really interesting uh, with what he brings and how he matches up with really anybody in the top 10. Uh, but it, really interesting uh, something coming out of that fight he's honestly just saying he's ready for anyone anywhere uh, so he's he's not going to call anybody out he just says uh, you know bring him somebody to take on and, and he'll fight them so I think anybody the UFC puts in front of Cyril gone he's going to take a shot at and it's going to be really interesting when he does you know what? I think I think this is a good
0: place to close the book on that one I mean he's he's so talented but woo. Kevin Holland versus Jacare Souza. Kevin Holland taking it to him on the ground I, I got out of my seat and I screamed when he hit him from the on his from on his back with a hammer fist Fire of the year in my opinion I can't I don't think you can dispute that well you can with Figueredo to an extent but we'll talk about that later obviously but wow what were your thoughts on this one
1: our guy's going places, man. I've, I've been talking about Kevin Holland ever since his first fight of 2020, and I'm ready to keep it going. The trailblazer, he's in the top 15. He's going to keep going up in 2021. He dominated. He, he took Jacare Sosa to the ground and tried to tap him. He tried to tap out Jacare Sosa, and then he knocked him out. Come on. What are we, what are we talking about here? Who does that? Who, who does that? And he talked trash to him the entire time. Kevin Holland is – he's so good. He's so talented. He, he's extremely well-rounded. I get that he's been knocking people out, but he's so confident in his Brazilian jiu-jitsu that he tried to put a guillotine choke on Jacare Souza and almost did it. So, uh, yeah. I I don't know what to say. Kevin Holland is is gonna do so much in 2021. He's my fighter of the year for 2020. Yeah,
0: I I mean when you're uh, black belts under Travis Luter, I think I think you have every right to try and submit Jacare Soza. I mean he's, I was, that's the I like threw my headset off. I threw my headphones off, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. He's just so good. He's he's so good. But let's talk about what's next for these guys. Ray Souza, um, you know, he's he. I was reading some something the other day. You know, he might be the best to never compete for a title, and I think I think that's true to an extent. He's he's he was always up there, and then you know, as he aged, he obviously went down the rankings. But hey, I think he's a good gatekeeper for this division. But he's still so high level that I'm not sure what's next for him.
1: Yeah, neither am I. He's definitely got a place on the roster. No reason to to take him out of that equation. Uh, But, yeah, no longer a top 15 guy, but still an all-time legend with what he's able to do. And as for Kevin Holland, um, you know, before – what's his face? Sosa
0: went up to 205 to fight – what's his face? Uh, Blahovic, He was ranked at number 12. So, you know, Holland pretty much beat a top 10 guy. But when we talk about middleweights, it's an interesting situation. I think – I think – is the next guy for him. I think that's still the fight to make, you know, they were scheduled a week ago. And I still think that's the fight to make for the two of them. I think that'd be a great matchup. What do you think, sex for Holland?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think there was some concern going into that fight that Kevin Holland maybe was pushed a little bit too hard and that Jack Hermanson may be a step too far for him, but I don't think that at all. I wasn't personally somebody that thought that, but I think he answered a lot of questions about his viability as a top-10 guy with this win, and I really want to see that fight against Hermanson.
0: For sure. Alright, to the next bout of the night. Uh, it was a good fight, but I was disappointed. I want to see some grappling, but Mackenzie Dern, you know, she's really cleaned up her boxing over the past couple years, uh, months rather even. She looked great against uh, Jean Jadoba, Jean, Jean however you pronounce her name. She, was, she looked good too, but this was a great matchup. I enjoyed this one. What were your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, really entertaining, and it just proves that Mackenzie Dern is developing into a true player in this division, and that she really is, I would say, legitimate top 10, and going to push for title contention maybe through 2021 into 2022, uh, depending on how often she fights. She's looked so good in 2020. Uh, She, in my opinion, has made some of the most progress of any female fighter uh, throughout 2020, and I'm really excited for her in 2021. Uh, It just seems like I'm saying that about so many people on this card that they had great 2020s and that they're going to vault even higher in 2021 and Mackenzie Dern certainly falls into that category
0: yeah for sure so when we talk about for this for these girls uh Birna, um interesting situation for i think she's still a very high level fighter um i enjoy watching her i think she'll get some of top 15 next but uh this division's stacked and it's kind of stagnant right now and i think angela hill still might be looking for a fight so that might be the fight to make what do you think
1: Yeah, that'd be a really interesting one, a good mix of styles. I think that would be a good one to make. And I think, Dern, I think we talked
0: about Tisha Torres, but I think she has to wait for some things to shake up. Uh, What do you think?
1: Yeah, you you could make that fight right away. I'm not necessarily sure that's what the UFC would want to do. So wait for some things in that top 10 to to move around a little bit, see who falls where, and then figure it out from there. For
0: sure. All right, to the – this hurt to watch. I think it showed – uh, Ferguson Oliveira, for you guys listening. Um, this showed that Oliveira is a player and Tony Ferguson is out of his prime. I think it hurts me to say I love Tony Ferguson. He might okay, be my man. favorite. But Dubrox looking good. What Dude, are your thoughts on this one? Go. He, he can. He can that arm bar i mean tony tony ferguson's tough as nails do, do you know what the injury report is on that by chance
1: uh i was just about to to figure that out as we're wrapping things up here so i i will find that out for us
0: great but on the feet he dominated then he took him he slammed him on the ground multiple times but i don't it was uh, it's it, it's tough to talk about because i love tony ferguson so much but Charles oliveira uh let's talk about what's actually these guys tony ferguson I don't know. I Paul Felder, I think that's a good one to make. What do you think?
1: I think that would be really fun. Uh, that would be uh, really really interesting and I think that'd be a, a fun a fun match to make, I think. For sure.
0: And then Oliveira, I say give him the next title shot. I'm not even going to joke. I think I think he's I think he's ready, 7 in a row. Uh no, 8 in a row rather. And then he dominated the guy who's been at the top of this of this division for for the greater part of the last decade. So I think give him the title shot or give him Gaethje and then the title shot. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that would be certainly uh, something to look at. He's he's ready to be a legitimate title contender in this division. I don't think there's any questioning that after, after this last fight. And, and what he was able to do with Tony Ferguson, just absolutely destroying him in that time uh, proves that he is ready for that. And just an update. There's there's not really any updates officially on Tony Ferguson's status. Nothing nothing concrete for as far as uh, any injuries coming out of that fight. All righty. Good to know. Uh, to the main event. Um,
0: surprises all around here. Davidson Figueredo retains his title. Um, doesn't defend it. He, draw against Brandon Moreno. I don't agree with the draw personally. I thought Figueredo eked this one out. But what a fight. If, if you said Moreno won, I can't necessarily argue with you, but what a fight. I, I, was, I was speechless during the whole thing. I was, like,
1: covering myself up, like, oh, my gosh. What were your thoughts on this one? If it were not for probably the greatest women's fight of all time taking place this year, this is by far the fight of the year but there's actually some competition for it these two guys for five rounds just went at each other and everything that Figueredo had for Brandon Moreno he was able to counter it one way or another they both threw around 250 strikes they both landed right around 140 to 150 Uh, I mean these guys were just uh, how many times did it seem like somebody was going to get knocked out in this fight Many. I mean, legitimately. How many times did it seem like somebody was about to end up on their back, and then they just got up and kept going? It's it's insane. I mean, you texted me after that uh, with, with the draw and everything, and I think my response was just, I have no word. Yeah, that's what you said. this was so amazing. It was just – a lot of times on this podcast, I talk about, like, the art of what mixed martial arts is and how – technique and strategy goes into this and how much those are the fights that I love to watch. And that's exactly what we saw here. Uh, That was, and I don't know, Moreno's 27,
0: if I'm not mistaken. Iron chin, man. I thought he was going to be out after many of those shots from Figueredo. And Figueredo, I thought he was going to be gone after uh, this moment in the fourth round where he started to stumble after a head kick, if I'm not mistaken. It was just, whoo. I think, I'm calling for an immediate rematch, personally. I, th- I think
1: that's the only yeah. fight to make. <laughs> I mean, unless the UFC wants to make a money fight with Cody Garbrandt when he's healthy, this is what you have to do. Yep.
0: All right. To news, uh, Yoel Romero signing yes. with Bellator.
1: <laughs> woo <Woo-hoo. laughs> uh, He's going to rip some arms off. And he's going to light heavyweight. He's going to fight at 205. There's going to be so much power. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait. Romero versus Anthony Rumble Johnson next week. Make it. Make it happen.
0: I think they said at Bellator uh, two oh five. That's when. Um, that's when they're gonna. Uh, some, no, I don't three oh five or something like that. I think that's what it is. Make Sometime, it
1: happen tomorrow.
0: I don't care. I, I want it now. Uh, or you know, Corey Anderson's just probably crying in the corner because they're bringing all these guys. <laughs> all these guys
1: (laughs) oh man uh any other news you got it's been pretty quiet yeah not a lot coming out of 256 everybody's kind of kind of waiting for the fallout on that so uh uh, honestly uh most of the news is just coming from dana white talking about everything that's happened there um yeah not not a whole lot steven thompson complaining about kamzat Jamayev getting such so many opportunities so early but i mean what are you going to do with that yeah, I mean, when you're that dominant, you're gonna get opportunity. I mean,
0: speaking of Hansat, uh, Kevin Hahn wants him next week. I'd be game for that. Are you kidding me? Jeez. I mean, uh, uh, Kevin Hahn, I love that guy. Um, I think that's a pretty good place to end it. I mean, unless you have anything so. else you want to add,
1: I'm good.
0: All right, that'll be that'll do it for this episode. This was 91, if I'm not mistaken. We'll see you guys for the last. Preview of the year uh, coming out Friday uh, for fight night Thompson versus Neil. Uh, Peace out, everybody.